Set your sail for the orange and blue sea. Yarr! Welcome to the Java Men Fighting Illini podcast. It's Wednesday, November 9th. We got a lot to talk about today. This is Suds. I'm here remote with the Java Men boys here. I got Doc Spinney. He's returning. He was on last week with me. We got a, a couple new Java Men members tonight. We got Scotty Shaps, Shapapai, and then we got Jesse Stump. We'll be calling him Stumpy for the, the podcast tonight. Gentlemen, what is going on? What's up, Legs? Great to be here. Got so, an undefeated Illini team here, Laggy. Feeling good. That's what I like to hear. Last week, if you guys listened, we, we went around the table and we talked about what being a Java man means to us. So we got, we got the two new members tonight. Shaps, I'm going to start with you. Give me a little backstory on the Java men. What, what do you got for me? Yeah, the Java men and the Illini, they run deep. Um, my, my Illini fandom started, uh, probably early two thousands. Uh, I remember those, those Brian Cook, uh, Frankie Williams, you know, Corey Bradford. Those were, those were when I first started, uh, following the Illini pretty closely. And, uh, and that rolled kind of right into the, you know, the D Brown era and, uh, and, and the final four run. And that was when we were kind of, you know, starting to look at where we were going to go to college. And uh, I knew I wanted to go to Illinois right off that we got there. What in the fall of 2006, right off the heels of the, the D Brown era, we thought like the success was just going to keep on rolling. And we had brief moments of that with Bruce and uh, we had success in football actually with the Ron Zook era too. And, and times were looking bright for the Illini fandom uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out so good. Mike Thomas rolled around and oh, uh, set the set the program. athletic department back by about a decade. So don't mention Thomas around legs. <laughs> Mike, the Grim Reaper. Let's not mean? get off Mike course here. Yeah, that's that, good point. Good point. Sheps, you know what that reminded me of when you were talking about um, choosing college when we met senior year of high school. So we didn't go to the same high school, but Shaps and I met the summer before going into college because I worked that summer. I worked at the same school that Shaps went to and Shaps' mom worked at. And she, (laughs) I remember that day, like it was yesterday. She literally just, she's like, oh, my son's going to U of I too. And she just called you up and we talked, which was like the most awkward conversation of all time. And then what was it? Four months later, we end up rushing the same fraternity. Yeah, it was really awkward to just get on the phone with some random kid that I didn't know. Like, oh, you're going to Illinois? Oh, I'm going to Illinois too. <laughs> cool. Like, never get to see this person in my life. And then at some rush event, we we put yeah, it all and, together. So, yeah, pretty pretty funny. And 17 years later, we're doing a Java <laughs> Men podcast. That's how it all works out. All right, Stumpy, what do you got for me on the Java Men? History doesn't go back as far as uh, Popeye's. I think I was battle-hardened as a Java man pirate uh, at the annual bragging rights game where I would go with Shady Joey H (laughs) every year. And the first pod you guys talked about interconference, or sorry, interconference rivalries. 
and Illinois, Michigan, I agree, is way up there. Interconference rivalry, Illinois-Mizzou, is top-notch. And I I don't know, I mean, top five easily at this point. Um, I don't know really what else compares. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State. But um, it's a great atmosphere, high intensity. It doesn't matter who comes in better at that game. Um, you know, it's loud, 24, or the whole game. Um, it's a great atmosphere. The best memory from that is Ravante Wright hitting uh, the last second oh. shot buzzer beater. Um, I mean, I think that's I think that right. was the game where that that's you know set Illini basketball number one in my my uh, fandom rankings. Were you at that game? Yeah, Jesse, it was incredible. Oh, the Joe. And yeah, we had tickets. Had a... We had tickets. We always because Joe. Shady Joe's Joe dad would get us the tickets every year, <laughs> and so we'd be buried in Mizzou territory. So obviously, everyone around us wanted to fight Joe every single game. Yeah, <laughs> so, in 2014, tensions were running high. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, well Good done, year. gentlemen. Well done. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna jump into our first segment, and we're, we're gonna do. So we we played Monday against Eastern Illinois. I don't think we covered the spread. We were in the Vegas suite last week. It was thirty-one and a half, I believe. That was the last, the last uh, spread I saw. We ended up winning by thirty, eighty-seven to fifty-seven. But we have a few takeaways for that game. Um, and being the Java men and the pirates that we are, we're going to do captain of the <laughs> ship. <laughs> captain of the ship. Spin, I'm starting with you. Who's your captain from Monday? And, you know, you could go two ways with this. You could say, who's the captain from Monday? Or more importantly, who do you foresee being the captain for the for the 22-23 season? I'll, if we go around the horn here, I'll start it off with someone you guys prob- probably won't say. So not, you know, leading scorer or someone you might think of. But for me, it was um, Sincere Harris. He's got that dog in him, as they say. Longer and more athletic than than I anticipated. That that dunk he tried to throw down was like wow. That you know he plays like an absolute freak out there. He's a <laughs> he looks man. like he slams and a couple Javas look, before the game, and he gets out there way over. The guy animated. is the guy is wired. He is wired on Java and looks like someone BU is gonna <laughs> like. So I like his his future. I was really impressed by Sincere. Did you um, you liked him more than the other freshmen? I'm not I'm not saying that. I just think he he was probably getting the least um pub coming in or had the lowest expectations and he he just looks like he could end up being um a really good player. I think um you know Sky Clark his ranking is precedes him. He he looks like he can he can really play and I think he should be in the starting lineup, but um you know, it's it's if your third guy coming in looks like a guy that could be a program piece like a Trent Frazier type guy that that's pretty awesome to see so Trent Frazier comparisons it's just a hundred percent the hair and headband and number yeah. I, I don't, he played I don't. no no it was confusing. he played great he played great he had a great high school career state champion you watch his his film in high school he's um he's a savage and I just didn't know if he was gonna be too small for for this level but he's trying to throw down dunks I'd never saw Trent Frazier try to throw down and like I said he looks longer and more athletic than I would have expected and I was like wow this guy could be good so um who that you got Jess head was sick 
I'll take the easy one. I'll take Terrence Shannon. Uh, Illinois, in in my fandom, has never had a guy like this. Just just mm. mean, physical. You know that that uh, breakaway dunk, more or less, that he had. I mean, name another player that's had a dunk like that in Illinois history. I don't know. Um, so yeah, he gets my captain of the ship. Um, someone else is going to have to rip it out of hands, and I don't think anyone else on the team has the balls to do it. I'm trying to think who who threw down a dunk like that. Anyone come to mind? Like ever? Ever? Brandon well, Paul. I mean, in recent memory, is probably the closest comparison for yeah. me. He, you know, he had a couple uh, of those, but I mean, that's a great pick by Jesse too. I mean, he's he's the alpha on the floor. That that dunk when he threw it down, I screamed like off my couch. I was like, oh my god! Like that was that was thunderous thunderous dunk yeah he is an animal um yeah that brandon paul dunk over in at minnesota or at home but versus minnesota was nuts incredible dunker um that joe bertrand dunk in the bragging rights game against uh missouri was nuts he was a great athlete but not knowing that like you know like when lebron throws it down and it's like thunders and people are like holy crap like that's what that shannon dunk was like he's just a beast he's he's the He's the dog. Bertrand the might court. be the sincere Harris comp, just a guy that is basically out of control, flying around. Really, hopefully, he uh, learns a little Great <laughs> more control than Joe Bertrand did. <laughs> I was sad with the Curbelo departure because we were going to lose a bit of electricity. I feel like sincere Harris is that electricity guy. Yeah, I think I think he could provide some some punch off the bench he's gonna have a couple games probably against northwestern or something where he just goes nuts um for my pick though i think uh i think we got to go with the hawk coleman hawkins the hawk i mean he made it he made his presence known in this first game that he he might be the man on this team i mean i it's tough call between him and shannon i think they're gonna probably be like our top two scorers most nights but uh, but Hawk, he knows the NBA scouts are looking. He's stretching the floor. If he, I mean, I know he's not going to shoot, you know, eighty percent from three the rest of the season. But just the threat of that is is really going to stretch defenses out and really going to help the slashers like Shannon. So I thought Hawk really really showed the skill that he can bring once he's kind of given more of a prominent role. I thought his three looked way better than what it was last year like it last year he was he was throwing up line drives none of, none of those uh, shots Chris, touched uh, the rim. Crispin on the call yeah yeah was it I john mean, had a nice john crispin the former uh penn state shooter was he was drooling at, at the hawk how he was prepared to <laughs> shoot it he was he was going wild for the hawk which is good to hear now you know they didn't have any one that could guard him or contest him out there he was confident had a great game you know i just in league play, he's going to be at the top of the scouting list along with Shannon. It's going to, you know, he's got the tools. It's just if he can be that guy consistently night in, night out, then this team's at the top of the league. He he he's got it in him. I'm going to do mine. All, all great choices. I think Doc, you going on the limb. I like that with uh with sincere. And then I I think this team will be carried by by Shannon and and the Hawk for sure. I'm going off Monday's performance. I'm looking at Dane Danger. 
uh, looking at his box, box score, this guy. Yeah, what did he have? He had 17 and 10, 8 of 9 from the field. He did his one in, in 16 minutes. So pretty impressive stuff. The, the one negative for the game, and Stumpy, I think you texted during the game. He reminded you a little bit of Kofi at the line, one of four at the free throw line. But the guy looks like he's got some. <laughs> I'll tell you who he reminded me of. In the paint was was a little bit of Georgie Bashanis Dealey. Like he was smooth and silky down there, some good post moves. Yeah, he's slick. Yeah. He's smooth. Speaking of the free throw line, how about how about Ty Rogers at the free throw line? Oh, Holy crap. Yeah, that was not good. Was well, that like what he is or is it just a bad game? I I don't know if no everyone anyone knows the numbers. We gotta check. Shapop. Yeah. Shapop yeah, at the we'll, stats. <laughs> we'll have our stat department. Sh- little Shabs and analysis. Yeah, we'll have the Shaps and research department. department. Uh, look into his high school free throw <laughs> percentage. But, yeah, really, the team really, really struggled from the line. But, yeah, really impressed with, with Dane, Danger, the Danger Zone, uh, as as Dr. D put it out on Twitter. So we're going to have to use that Ooh, a lot. I like yeah, that. that's pretty good. Shout out, Dr. D. low-hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. D, come on the pod. Dr. D, we know you're listening. So, so we have captain of the ships and you know what's coming next who's walking the plank doc <laughs> i'm starting with you who's walking the plank after monday's i'll go with and i have high expectations for um rj melendez but he just he he wasn't really into the game he you know if you're not hitting your three find out a different way to get involved slash or make a play on a putback or whatever he just he just didn't do anything and i i don't think he was um inspired with the matchup which is which is understandable i think he'll have a a a good year i know there's high expectations but he just he didn't really show up it's probably okay but um that that's mine jess who you got matthew john mayer meyer (laughs) Uh, oh really you must be talking defensively really so well yeah okay so stat line three of nine um i think the the worst part about it there was a lot of talk of him Hanging his head, um, you know, during a timeout, supposedly, uh, Terrence Shannon had to, like, kind of pump him up or something. Uh, and then uh, Underwood sat him for, like, 12 minutes, you know, seemed kind of odd. Um, so I didn't notice that. I, he didn't play the last 12 minutes? I didn't notice that either. Good spy. Yeah, so I don't know. So hot take here. I think he just has to grow the mullet back, or he's going to be labeled as soft. Because he mm. looks so yes. much harder yeah, was... with the mullet. Yeah. No, that's yes. a great tip. <laughs> I like that a lot. So, so wasn't he talking about being Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year? He he got blown by like three times. At least I was like flipping back and forth at points too. And it seemed like he was getting burned to the yeah, whole. Yeah, I don't know if he was what trolling was us with that. I mean, he came in. <laughs> with, with was that with was not, that a he wasn't a strong defensive player at Baylor? Oh, all right. So maybe I got fooled by the article then, because yeah. I literally, all right, that that clears that up because I was expecting this guy to be locked down and he was getting burnt. I don't even know who it was. Was it Hamlin that was burning him? <laughs> it was somebody probably bad. It was ever it was everyone. Um, but like he, I mean, he's a good player on good Baylor teams, right? Nine. 9.8 points a game last year with five boards in 23 minutes. So, you know, he's going to be he's going to be a good piece, but he's obviously not that 
you know, that Shannon or he's not, he's not the top guy, but experienced winning player, um, just happened to get burned by EIU a few times. He might, who, he might've been in the, um, the RJ boat where he wasn't in, wasn't ready to play yet. Yeah. He, that team wasn't not very good. Kind of somewhat expected for, for Meyer, for me. I mean, he got to campus pretty late. He was pretty much injured, like all summer. He he didn't work out with the team a whole lot. I think he's still kind of getting up to speed on things. He was a really streaky player at Baylor. I think people need to. I mean, they'll learn that. I don't think you know. You know I think the expectations of him are a little too high. He's probably gonna like some nights. He's going to be the top scorer, but other times he's gonna be more in the background. He's just a streaky player. He can score really, really quickly, uh, but but there's gonna be struggles sometimes. Um, yeah, and and on Melendez too. Yeah, I, these were the two names that I wrote down were Meyer and Melendez. Both of them were benched at different times throughout the game, and you can see Underwood just chewing them out on the bench as well during those times uh, when he yanked them. <laughs> but he loves getting on RJ. Just loves it. Like he is his number one, just barking at player. Wait, he would never play him last year, even though he knew he could score. He's like, yeah. I mean, my it. thought on Melendez coming into the season was was like he might struggle at times to find his spots too because he's a very similar player to Shannon, and like we're pretty deep on the wings now. So like Melendez, yeah, he's just gonna have to find like other ways to contribute, whether that's on defense. I think he had a pretty nice block last night. Um but yeah, I mean if if he's not knocking down because a lot of times, unfortunately, like when you have Shannon on the floor, Melendez is kind of just gonna be standing in the corner and he's gonna be open. But if the shots aren't falling for him, then it it's gonna be struggle. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch those two guys. Yeah. I would have liked to see Melendez get to the hole a little more. I, I felt like he was able to do that last year in the small amount of time that he was. And he court. will. He will. He'll, yeah. He will. And he'll, he doesn't transition. It's just in this one game he was, yeah, he was getting his shots up in the corner and wasn't, yeah, wasn't hitting them. But he, you know, that's a good point by Shapop is that Shannon's going to have the ball more and naturally Melendez is going to be in that. Adam Miller corner, like if you can make the shots, great. But if you're not hitting them, you got to figure out something else to, to do because otherwise Brad's gonna, gonna get. <laughs> I'm struggling to find a quote, but Underwood said something recently that I thought was like pretty shocking about Melendez, where he said, "I'm gonna misquote Brad here, but it was something along the lines that Melendez didn't deserve to be on the court with the team last year." Did anyone else see that? That, that is correct. Busy. Yeah, he he could score the basketball, but he missed assignments, wasn't doing what he needed to do on defense, and couldn't find his way on the court because of that. Wouldn't box out, and so he didn't deserve to be on the court because he wasn't doing all the things that interesting BU requires. Right now, he couldn't keep him off the court in certain situations, and he would come in and light it up. He's obviously talented, but when you don't do all the things, BU just doesn't play you, especially on a experienced team like they had last year like he just didn't need to play him in most instances yeah I, I think we'll all agree on this we we need I mean potentially we need Melendez to be the captain of the ship if we want to win the Big Ten 
I, I think he's got to be a top yeah. three player on the team. I think he's a, he's got to be the number three guy behind the Hawk yeah. and and Shannon. I mean, he's got the potential for sure. The guy, he he checks every box. I think at this point, it's just confidence with him. And I, I'm not concerned. It was a rough game against Eastern, but I want to see him go for 20 next time out. No doubt about it. He play he plays better too against better teams. I think. Yeah. Like he, when he comes in in big spots, like he, that's where he plays his best. Like he did in the tournament when he got teed up. Like he did in the tournament when he got teed up. Still, probably the biggest bullshit count, a call of the You're not salty 2022 about it. season. Oh. <laughs> All right, good job, boys. Uh, so we're, we're going to transition here. We're gonna we're gonna go on a treasure hunt. We're, we get the treasure map. We're looking for some hidden treasures. Stumpy, <laughs> lead us off. It was a big it was a big day today on the recruiting front. Brad, as usual, is hitting it hard. Stumpy, what do you got for me on the recruiting front? So I, I thought my segment segment was going to be on the Glen Allen Gorilla, Paxton Warden. Uh, you guys want to hear about recruiting instead? <laughs> I can't believe he wasn't the captain of the ship for you. Uh, yeah, he had two solid minutes, and I, I have a feeling in these uh, first couple games here, he's going to get some minutes. We're really going to going to get to see what what he brings to the table, but. Uh, that was the, is that the state champs, the Glen Allen? What was their record last year? They lost one game to LeBron's son, but uh, the Hilltoppers oh, that was that were game alive. That was... I watched that game. Yeah. That was insane. This time it was a non-Chicago public league school to win the state championship since John Shire, I think. Oh, yeah. So by far the best suburban team in illinois history like unicorn year that you know all those kids are d1 doesn't doesn't make any sense that's unbelievable incredible yeah so we got one of them paxton warden uh but yeah (laughs) more importantly uh it was national signing day uh the boys underwood and co uh landed a, a top 25 class you could look spin it as a top twenty um, on on a number of boards, but you know that was I would say a pretty good treasure chest. It didn't quite live up to twenty twenty three's treasure chest, uh, where we had a top ten class. You had more numbers in that class, um, but in twenty twenty two you also landed you know the top transfer class on top of that. Uh, Terrence yeah. Shannon and Matthew Meyer, unbelievable. Um, I think before we get into the actual recruits, you know, the the new pirates that that are joining joining our ship here, uh, I think we got to pay some respect to uh, what Brad has done uh, with his recruiting. He lost in twenty twenty one. It was just a complete gut job. You lose Chin Coleman. You lose Orlando Antigua, both to Kentucky, Calipari. You lose Gentry. Not a huge loss, but he goes to Gonzaga. I mean. Those are the guys that bring you Ayodesumu and Kofi Coburn, two of the greatest line I have all time. And, you know, he brings on Chester Frazier, who, yeah, he's got some Illini background, but came from Virginia Tech before as an assistant, but he didn't nab any big fish out there. So, you know, you, you believed in the hire, but you still approve it higher. And then you bring on... Uh, Tim Anderson, 
who comes from the AAU scene, but is still kind of an unproven hire. Uh, but Brad has built a machine, and those guys got plugged in and hit the ground running. And again, 2022 class was unbelievable. 2023, we'll call it top 20. And then, you know, we'll get into even 2024, but but that could be a massive class. Um, so, yeah, all due respect, Tim Anderson's name did not get dropped in the first pod. And so uh, him and Chester pay some respect. So <laughs> Stumpy was, uh, you were all about that, man. In the text thread earlier today, Lieutenant. you're like, we got to talk about Tim. I, yeah, I can't believe it. I, I thought, you know, okay, you 2021 happens, you lose IO, you lose all your assistance. Like, okay, it was a sweet run, but but we might have to rebuild. And, and, how, and how many times have we seen a, you know, a connected Chicago AAU coach go to college and do nothing, right? Like I had, when they made that hire with Tim Anderson, I was like, oh, great. It's here we go again, but he's, he's proven it. And it's really surprised me, but um, he's, he's pulled a handful of really good players. Hey, it's incredible. Careful with Tim Anderson's history there. Shaps and I are DePaul guys here. You know, the Pauls are number <laughs> two. Everyone knows that. We're a line eye through and through, but the Blue Demons have a, a, a soft spot in my heart. Going to be a new segment. What's going on with the Blue <laughs> yeah. Demons? I'm guessing well, they're one and zero right now. <laughs> we'll sneak oh, it in. That's Isn't a separate that, pod, Tim actually, Anderson? that we do. Sh- <laughs> Shabs, <didn't, laughs> yeah. T- tune in for the Java Men talk Blue Demon basketball. <laughs> Did, <laughs> didn't Tim Anderson recruit Tiger, and then he left for the Illini, and then Tiger, I think, decommitted and went to UCLA. Yeah, I thought. Yes, Tiger Campbell. Well, didn't he have T.J. Shannon committed to DePaul? Yeah, I think Shannon too. I, dude, you everything's might be right. coming full circle. I know Tiger Campbell. I know Tiger Campbell committed to to DePaul in like seventh or eighth grade because that was like their only chance of like getting guys. And then they realize as they get older, like, oh, there's there's better options. But I am excited to see <laughs> yeah, Tiger uh, next week in Vegas when we play UCLA. Maybe I'll bring like a a blue demon sign that's at you know, you know tiger's blue demon for life or something <laughs> so <laughs> shaps shaps and i are going to vegas next week and we got a handful of java men i think six total and i proposed this earlier but i think we have to do a, uh, <laughs> a live look into the a literal live look into the vegas suite next week for episode three what do you think Although the tables, <laughs> <laughs> the tables might be calling our name. <laughs> yeah, I want to do at it. At least uh, a segment from Circa Cabana. From Circa. Yeah. For yeah. anyone wants to do it from the pool Yeah, at Circa. Good luck with that. We're going to try to go to this Illini pregame, too, that they're hosting at the stadium on, on Friday before the game that Josh Whitman is hosting, too. So I'm trying to think about how we how we can get him oh, on nice. the pod. Just just completely actually what just what, complete sneak attack <laughs> on Whitman <laughs> just put the mic in front of him plan, <laughs> yeah we're gonna we gotta approach him tell him about the podcast and then we gotta give him a line so he, by the end of tonight we gotta have a line for a line that we want Whitman to say and then we could throw it in for the opener of every podcast you know we'll <laughs> we'll think of something for the job man. but that's the goal we gotta approach him um, <laughs> we got to approach him at that event next week, which will be a blast. So Stumpy, so we have, you said we're top 20. 
on this class already? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've seen, I, yeah, the most recent article said, like, t- top 26. But, yeah. It's yeah. a small it class. Yeah. So, we'll get into it, but, yeah, it's a small class, plus you have uh, Zachary, and I'm going to butcher this name, Perrine, Perrinen. The Frenchie? Yeah, the Frenchie. Oh, yeah. So, I like, saw that he was the recruiting player. rankings don't we matter win. there. Yeah, so... This tape looks good. Let's, we'll, we'll, let's go to the guys. So um, the highest rated recruit is Amani Hansberry, 6'8 power forward out of D.C. He shot onto the scene super late. You know, like when we gave him um, the offer, started working him, like he wasn't even top 100. And then all of a sudden he went from outside the top 100 to, you know, I've seen him as high as like top 50. Um so, you know, you know, one of those late late bloomers, um Team Durant, you know, had some big tournaments here or there, but uh I think hard. it'll fit into the system they went well. Hard for him. Yeah. Once they lock I mean, him. yeah, he's a good fit. He's 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 a, a big with great he's he's great hands, shifty and paint, footwork, good defender, um, kinda of everything you want to see. Um so for each of these guys I kinda of came up with a an Illini comparison. I'm going Laron Black here. Ooh, size, Laron mold, uh, you know, that length. Still the touch, Beast, yeah. the mid-range shot. Uh, yeah, we, we could use another Laron Black, Black, and I hope he's got, like, the, the, the fight in him like Laron did because I thought Laron was going to get into a fight every single game. <laughs> yeah, he was tough. Need another enforcer. Uh, we also have Dre Gibbs Lahorn. Uh, Lawhorn, uh, 6'1 guard out of Lafayette, Indiana. The story here is phenomenal in that he decommitted from... Did the Hoosiers want him? Uh, yes. He had a Hoosier offer. Yes! But he also committed to Purdue and decommitted and joined, you know, uh, recommitted to Illinois like three months later. So, obviously he wanted to get the hell out of West Lafayette. Can't blame him there. Yeah, so, that was a weird situation uh i i read somewhere that he basically told painter that he was committed he's like I, I'm, I'm totally committed to you guys but i i want to take my other uh visits that i that i can take because who wouldn't right and painter basically said well if you're going to take those visits then you're not welcome here oh <laughs> given an ultimatum painter that's an that's especially a now nowadays. He decommitted yeah. and Underwood jumped all over him because this kid's really talented. Uh, yeah, you look at his interest and offer list after he did committed from Purdue, and it was everyone wanted him. But he is only nice. yeah, I think twenty four seven has him ranked seventy ish, which when he was a freshman, he was considered like a top. Oh, sorry, a like five-star type recruit. Uh, and then he got injured and sat out like a season and a half. And it's kind of like a Sky Clark type story where he's just not fully back. But you know, certainly like rolling the dice on a guy like that. Player comparison, I have Trent Frazier here. Everyone's given the sincere Harris comparison. It's kind of the same story where he's coming in <laughs> An undersized scorer, like he has the ability to shoot threes, flash to the rim. Um, so, like, you know, he could come in and produce offensively. And Trent Frazier built 
defense year after year. And you just got to hope yeah. it's the same story here with, with Dre. And then last but not least, we have, uh, I'm just going to just, we'll go straight up Zach, so I don't have to say the last name. Uh, the Frenchie, <laughs> 6'10", power forward slash center. Uh, he is. The, oh, this is the Frenchie. Yeah. This is the, the uh, Coleman Hawkins era parent. Yeah. Um, you know, just that classic big Euro style player, um, you know, prototypical NBA and he looks good. Yeah. And it's going to be a project and Underwood took Coleman Hawkins was outside top 100 recruit and, you know, hate to jump to conclusions after game one, but you know, could be a first round NBA player. So, you know, it's nice to give Underwood these types of projects because, he can develop them. Yeah, they know how to evaluate too. Um, and they keep getting a, just stacking up guys in top 100, which some of them are going to be really good. Do you guys worry with that guard? You, you had uh, Stumpy. Who was the Trent Frazier comparison? Andre. Gibbs Lawhorn. Yeah. Is there any concern with the there being just too many guards with the class that we have this year because who, who just came in we had no. Harris Epps no not in and, and not Clark. in this college basketball because you have look with um last year they brought in a bunch of good guys and I think Pajimski is pretty good I like him he could score when he played last year he did pretty well but he knew he wasn't going to get enough time because the other guys were better so he transfers out and he'll do well somewhere else so that's just the way it is now you get the get as many good guys as you can get yeah and the guy that says i'm not going to play as much he'll he'll be gone and and you, the more the better yeah yeah it worried me a bit it, it, because the undersized guards you know you look at last year when you were trying to play like curvello um plumber and frazier at the same time and like Brad Underwood's position positionless basketball it just doesn't doesn't really work and I mean there could potentially be a scenario where it's like our best guards are Dre Gibbs Lawhorn Sky Clark and Jaden Epps and you're small so and then you got to think next year we're we're definitely losing DSJ pretty big dude yep Meyer big and Baby Coleman Hawkins. So, you know, you got to kind of think size. Um, but, again, yeah, you get talent in the door and, and Underwood will, will mold to it. Yeah, for sure. Great, great points on the transfer portal. It's a it's a different game. There's no doubt about it. Ever since the, you don't lose the year of eligibility and everything's changed. Um, Stumpy outstanding job on the recruiting front man i'm pumped how impressive is underwood i mean this is why everybody in illini nation is jacked up i mean that the the ability to reload not only does he hit the transfer portal this year but i mean on the recruiting front he's all over it good times ahead boys and you know we're gonna lose a lot of guys this year but we'll be ready next year and and i foresee us being projected top three again in the big 10 and and hopefully that keeps happening so yeah all right well done well done stumpy we're gonna transition here to our next segment we're doing a castaway segment here we got some cast offs <laughs> that we want to talk about 
we're, we're keeping tabs. If if Etch was here, another member of the Java Men, he'd be wishing the best of luck. Scotty Shab, Shapapai, you're leading this segment. What do you got for me for the castaways? Yes, the castaways. The uh, this is to cover the the uh, the mutinies, the insurgents, those that have since left the Illini pirate ship, and uh, it's been a long running joke in our text thread over the years since the uh, the transfer portal became so popular that uh, whenever a player leaves, we just Wish him the best of luck. Uh, so, yeah, for all you fans that are listening here, make sure you're not tweeting at players, okay? Do not <laughs> do not tell them, you know, screw off or anything like that. Just wish them the best of luck. Wish them the best of luck. They're kids, man. Yeah, they're just kids. They're just kids. we got to remember that. Cliff Alexander, well, you're allowed to talk shit, too. <laughs> that was the hat swap. Yeah. Stump. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> but we do like I'm to not keep being tabs. that good anyway, so I'm fine yeah. with it, kind of. But <laughs> so we got to start with uh, with someone that is very near and dear to our friend Jubes's heart, and that's the Bellow, Andre Curbelo. Made his made his debut for the Johnnies <laughs> uh, the other night, and just a. Very typical, unreal Bellow stat line of 13 points, 7 assists, 5 turnovers, and one, <laughs> and one technical foul. Yeah, yeah that's... on the first play, right? He had a steal and, and a layup, and the guy fouled him <laughs> on the layup, and he just went at the guy and started yelling at him and immediately got teed up. It was absolutely hysterical. Shep's, uh, how many how many points did he have? He 13. had thirteen points. Oh, okay, and uh, he looked obviously he looked good. He brought the excitement for the Johnnies as they beat uh, mighty Merrimack, and so uh, you know best of luck to Bello. Uh, next we luck. got Brandon Brandon Podjimski, AirPods AirPods. Uh, we mentioned him earlier uh, already, but yeah, this kid we knew when he was coming out of high school. He scored like a billion points in high school. I think it was like 35 points a game or something like that. So the kid's a bucket. He is now playing for Santa Clara. He, in his debut, was their leading scorer, dropped 30 points along with nine rebounds, five steals in their win over Eastern Washington. He's going to fit in quite well, I think, out there. I cannot wait to watch him drop 30 points on Gonzaga, but they lose by, like, 50. <laughs> I'm happy for Pods, man. He played good. We were all at that Northwestern he, game We would not year. win oh, he saved the game. that game against Northwestern last year if it wasn't for the Pods. So, best that of luck to yeah. him. And we all had a nice steak after that game, and that would have been a depressing <laughs> dinner if it wasn't for Pods. So, <laughs> we're all rooting for you, Pods. Uh, we got to mention Adam Miller. We had high, high hopes for Adam Miller. I remember watching him as a sophomore in high school. He was playing at Morgan Park with Io, and Io had just committed. And Io was like coming off an injury. I remember when I saw him play, so he he didn't have like that great of a game. But there was this sophomore on Morgan Park who went like hit like six three pointers in the game, and I'm like, this kid is unbelievable. It was Adam Miller ended up committing to Illinois. Had a good freshman year, but just didn't seem to really 
want to get out of the the doghouse of Underwood. I don't know, some disagreements there. So he moved on to LSU, and he sat out all of last year with an injury, actually. So this is really his debut for uh, for LSU, and they're actually playing right now as we're recording this. I was watching a little bit earlier. Uh, so an is update, he starting, Shaps? He is starting for LSU, uh, and that looks like that game just ended. He had 18 points on 4 of 8 from deep, 6 of Ace. 14, six of 14 from the field, not extremely efficient. But uh, but Adam Miller we know can can get out really quickly. By the way, LSU uh, new coach because that Will Wade guy got canned for that FBI investigation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone transferred. Didn't everybody I transfer thought, from? Yeah, exactly. I thought he would leave LSU, but he stayed. It's interesting. Yeah. So who did they play, Shaps? Uh, they played MKC. Yeah, Missouri, Kansas City, yeah. And they won by nine points, so I, I don't know if Adam Miller is surrounded by good players right now. Yeah, it's a new coach. Maybe they're trying to figure it out. But yeah, that's fair. They won, they won by 11. They have they have some good players. That uh, that Jalen Reed guy is supposed to be really good, but yeah, uh, it'll be fun to watch, I think. I mean, he, I think he's a really good player, so best of luck to Adam. Best of luck to Ace. <laughs> couple... <laughs> <laughs> a couple other guys. Uh, we can't forget about Benjamin Bossman Verdonk, BBV. Oh, the boss. boss. Man. He, uh, Quality minutes against Purdue last year. Yeah, he moved yeah. on to uh, the South Carolina. He's a, he's a, game, he's a cock. He's a, one of the <laughs> cocks down there. They made, they made their debut the other night. Uh, he logged a DNP. Oh, don't what? Know what's going on boss, with that? Man. Is he hurt? Uh, the boss went to go ride the pine. No I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's injured or something like that. Because I saw something earlier in the off season where he was like projected to start for them. He must um, be hurt. Fun fact about South Carolina: <laughs> they fired Underwood's guy Frank Martin last year. You know who their new coach is? They fired nobody, Martin. Nobody they... good. They got like um, the Chattanooga coach or something. Lamont Paris no from way. the Chatties, yeah, Duh. our guy. <laughs> Dude, the Chatties almost. So, the Chatties. last year setting the stage, <laughs> I had everybody over. I had the job men over for for round one of March Madness last year, and the Chatties almost ruined our night. There was a lot of there was a lot of Sailor Jerry that was being drank <laughs> that night. A lot of screaming at the uh, at the TV for that one. But uh, yeah, the mighty Gamecocks are finished. Uh, predicted to finish dead last in the SEC in the uh, preseason polls. So, best of luck to BBV. Uh, a guy we saw up close and personal, of course, Jermaine Hamlin, starting for uh, Eastern Illinois, had six points and one rebound and four fouls uh, against our Illini the other night. So, best of luck to uh, Jermaine. And uh, last one I got to mention, Bruce Weber. Uh, Can't forget about the castaway, Bruce Weber. He's now working for the Big Ten Network. Did a wonderful job calling the Purdue game. Called the Purdue game last night. Uh, I I flipped it on and immediately heard the, the raspy voice of a Bruce Weber. Really took me back to him just like yelling at Dimitri McKamey. From the sideline, <laughs> so he is he's gonna be Dimitri. he's gonna be calling games for uh for BTN. Dude. 
So he's going to be mostly TV. a studio analyst. I think he's, but he's doing a couple of these early season games. I think he is going to call one Illinois game if I nice. heard that correctly. So uh, best of luck to Bruce. And that's it for the castaways. Hey, can I add a castaway? Just one. Oh, yeah. I know we got to keep it moving. So um, in, in sticking with the Java Men Pirate theme, Alfonso Plummer signed with the NBA G League squad, Ooh. Capitanes de Ciudad de Mexico. Um, so he's on the Capitanes in the NBA G League. We have a Java man in Mexico City, uh, lives there, pizza restaurateur, professional journalist. So Paul Biasco, work on Alfonso down there. See if you can get in touch with him. Join join the Java men or interview or, uh, or whatever, por favor. So um, Shabazz Napier's on that team. Jalil Okafor's oh, on that team. Wow. So the Capitanes are loaded down in Mexico City. Doc, great point. Maybe Polly B can invite Plummer over to Doctor Pizza, which is which is Polly's restaurant, for a quick session, quick podcasting. Hey, session. no free ads. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get the Plum Dog on the podcast. I love that idea. All right, well done, boys. Well done. We're gonna move on. We we got our next segment. We're setting the course here. We're gonna talk about what the upcoming schedule looks like. We're going to talk about what what looking around the Big Ten, what's in front of us. Doc, I'm passing to you. Lead mm-hmm. us off here. Let's set the course. Do Yeah, let's do some recap and, and check if there was any ship wreckage around the Big Ten here. So every <laughs> Big Ten team played this week. Uh, there were some teams nationally that, that lost, quote-unquote, by games, as, as, as John Rothstein has, has coined it. Um, but not in this league. Uh, no wreckage in the top twenty-five either. I get, you know, there's some good teams that lost, but no, no big um, upsets in the Big Ten. Same thing. There really were no Power Five matchups this week in in the league. I think Winthrop and Western Michigan were probably the most formidable formidable squads that um, that Big Ten teams went up um, against. So mostly just just tune-up games as as you'd expect and. Um, it was a covering clinic. Every team played either Monday or Tuesday out of the 14 games. There were 10 covers, just four teams that um, did not cover. We'll get to those. So Interesting. Um, yeah, think something to think about. Um, Dak, are you filling in for P this week, the Vegas suite? I'm filling I'm in for – covers? Yeah, I'm filling in for P. I, I've got a cover or no cover for, for every game. So starting off with Purdue, like they Purdue played – UW, Milwaukee, they were favored by 25, covered. Um, they kind of led throughout the game and posted their will early. Foster Lawyer, former Spartan, led them with um, 17. He's their three-point guy. Um, Edie had 12 and 17, but only shot uh, four of 13 um, from the field. So I know this Java men crew's watching Edie pretty closely. Michigan, <laughs> Michigan, 15 and a half point favorite they covered over purdue fort wayne um hunter hunter dominated 22 points and juan's son jet howard 21 points for jet the jet looks like he's pretty good yeah michigan's the new iowa with uh juan's just got a bunch of his sons playing for him but i don't think a mccaffrey's ever dropped 21 maybe but jet looks like a stud um Indiana, we talked a lot about Indiana last week, 24.5 point. Favorite against Moorhead State, they covered TJD. 
only had two point. No, I'm just kidding. TJD had fifteen <laughs> and seven last night. Maryland played Niagara. They covered Dante Scott with eighteen. The Buckeyes covered over Robert Morris. Justice suing his back. He had twenty. Penn State covered over Winthrop, who Winthrop's usually pretty competitive. Um, Rutgers and Iowa both covered. They each had five guys in double figures. Uh, Wisconsin, Tyler Wall with nineteen as they as they covered. Northwestern covered. They beat the almighty Chicago State. Um, now we'll get into the four <laughs> squads that okay. did not cover. Four squads that did not cover legs. You touched on it. The Illini, I had them at 31-point favorite. They only won by 30, so not, you know, can't yep. can't can't be too unhappy about that, but they, they, they did miss the cover. Um, the Huskers won at home by 13 versus Maine, so they did not cover. Things do not look good um, in Lincoln. Michigan State didn't cover either. Joey Hauser did have 18. They won by 18, but that wasn't enough for a 21-point spread minnesota i'm worried about minnesota we talked last week about how they at half were tied up with saint olaf well they beat western michigan at home by one so minnesota is struggling i think they're bad to begin with and they have injuries that are really not helping uh at at, at this point in terms of big games coming up we've got three big games coming up around the league two of them are sparty sparty's got gonzaga number two gonzaga on friday they've got number four Kentucky on Tuesday, both neutral floor. Um, so those are is two. Is it on the ship, Spinny? You know how they, they do playing the on the on the ship. You know what I'm talking about? They do like they yeah. Do I think one was like it listed in San Diego, so that could like be the ship game. Forces game, but I don't I don't know if it's on a ship or not. I think I one was San Diego. It could be the San Diego base naval base out there. Um, yeah, yeah, they might be on the ship. Well, we'll, we'll learn a lot about the Spartans in, in the next week, I think. Um, and then the other, you kind of call it big, Purdue's hosting Marquette um, on Tuesday. But aside from that, a lot of, lot of tune-ups, as you'd expect. Um, still early days in the season, going to take some time to um, heat up, and that's absolutely the case for the fighting Illini as you look at the next, um, the next couple of matchups against UMKC, who we talked about. They played LSU this evening. Jesse can't do math. I think they won by... <laughs> 11 LSU did not nine uh it was close though I mean they, they played them tough but they were fourth in their league last year in the summit they won 19 games um and then same thing on November 14th the Illini's next match after UMKC is is Monmouth Monmouth was fourth in their league the MAAC they won 21 games last year but um don't Monmouth expect won 21 Monmouth won 21 um don't expect either they... of the yeah did they make the tournament no, I mean they were yeah. fourth in the league, so unless they won their tournament, which I don't remember them winning the tournament. Um those should be easy matchups, you never know, but um this Illinois team's pretty good, so not a ton of concern on those. And then looking forward to November eighteenth versus the number eight UCLA Bruins. Let's talk about that matchup. We have Java men that will be their boots on the ground for, for that right, <laughs> as I understand it. So what do you think of this matchup against Mick Cronin's uh Bruins legs? Well, I'm going to be a couple of rums deep for that game. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> How do I feel about it? Um, I feel great about it. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna hit the money line shaps before. Naturally, we're gonna hit the pre, the pregame party, and in terms of how we're gonna do it, I don't know how we're gonna do it at this point. I, it's the jury's out. I 
I liked what we saw on Monday, but it's it's a totally different feel. It's it's hard for me right now because I don't. It, it's a whole new look team. We're switching on defense, which was crazy to see. I liked it though. I I think you know with our lineup the the way we were doing it with Eastern, but I don't know how does that work against a a power five team, a, a team like UCLA that that might win the Pac twelve this year. So. All I know is I'm optimistic because we're going to be there in person. We're going to be sipping their rums and fully expect a money line victory there out of the Illini. But I'll open up to the group for for some. Is Tiger Campbell still there. playing on that team? Chapat. Ty- Tiger's still there, I think. Right. Tiger is still there. Uh, Jaime Jaquez. He's still there. there. Wow. He's a projected first rounder, isn't he? No way, really. I thought I he know. was. Maybe uh, not. Yeah, they're or maybe they're he's really a projected impressive. all-American is what I saw. I I cuz I was looking at some all-American which is a big difference. There you can't compare the two, but the name I I recall seeing it. I think it was on an all-American. He's list. a big I mean they had that final four team 2 years ago and th- those two guys were big pieces yeah. of that. Yeah, they're really impressive and they've got uh some stud freshmen coming in too, Amari Bailey. So they're yeah, they're a top 10 team for a reason. Um so we'll we'll probably be uh, catching a few points in that one. Yeah, we'll be responsibly betting the money line, I would imagine, before <laughs> walking into the T-Mobile <laughs> arena. And I would be nervous about this game, but yeah, because we're going to be there, because Joe is going to be there, I don't see us losing this game. <laughs> I just don't. I just think uh, like the positive vibes that the Java men are going to bring to the arena I just don't think UCLA is going to be ready for that, ready for the things that Perenni and Joe are saying, uh, directed <laughs> right at their players, going to be right in their faces. Their fans aren't going to be ready for it. Uh, I I looked at the, when I bought the tickets for the event, they've got like the, each school kind of has their sections, you know, so like. Um, you can see where everyone's seated. The Illinois sections were all completely sold out months ago. It was the only team of the four teams that are there. The other three teams, UCLA, Baylor, and Virginia, so all top 25 teams. UC, uh, Illinois sections were all completely sold out. I'm pretty sure we're sitting in the Baylor sections. <laughs> They're playing in the first game against Virginia, so we'll watch yeah. some of that. That'll be fun, too. And we'll get the scoop on Matthew Meyer, maybe, from their fans. <laughs> yeah, if they're okay. That's yeah. actually, yeah, we'll get the lowdown. That's what you yeah, got to do. How they feel about the, the mullet. Yeah, yeah. To playing uh, the Bruins a lot more once they join the Big Ten West. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, yep. too. Yeah, it's a future Big Ten uh, showdown on Friday, so we'll get a good look at them. I think we're going to give them a taste for uh, how to play defense in the Big Ten. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense. Oh, wait, wrong sport. <laughs> Shaps, so UCLA didn't sell out yet before the – I mean, that's an embarrassment. That's a four-hour drive <laughs> to Vegas. If I was in L.A., I'd be in Vegas once a month. Uh, yeah, I don't think I mean, Poly Pavilion – I mean, they're good now, but, I mean, they're just – it's it's the fan – I mean, their football games are, do. like, notorious. There's a lot to for, do in Southern California. I mean, their <laughs> football like last team week, is awesome this year. Yeah, and they get like a couple thousand fans at their games, so that you know they just got better things to do. 
no, most of the stadium is is sold out by now, so it'll it'll be a good crowd for sure. But I think the orange and blue are gonna dominate the crowd, and we're gonna dominate on the court because of it. Stumpy, what do you think, man? Two freshmen on this UCLA squad. Uh, I'm going to try and figure out a way to plug in uh, the Hilltopper State Championship basketball run as often as I can. But Amari <laughs> Bailey was on uh, LeBron James's basketball team. Yeah. And that kid could not miss a shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we have um, some, some defense lined up against him on the perimeter. And. Yeah, we shall see. There's there's a lot of unknowns about this team. All time hair matchup too between Tiger and Sky Clark. Excited uh, oh, for that. Point guards. Yeah, and Bailey is considered one of the best defensive players around. So this guy apparently is awesome. So, Doc, leave us with a prediction. Well, there's unfortunately there's there's no lines out. I like, um, you know, they've they have two freshmen in the starting lineup. Um, so although they have experience with Campbell and um, Jacquez, like they haven't played a good, they will not at that point have played a good team. Um, and they're a team that's won a lot in the past few years, but this this they have different pieces this year. And I think early season, that's the type of game that's a toss-up. And Illinois has just as much experience when you look at Shannon and Mayer and those those types of guys so it's going to be a really competitive game if a line is catching a lot of points let's say they're catching six points or something like that I think you you take those points and you you responsibly look at at the money line as well I think it's be a really close game it's it's two good teams early season rankings don't mean a ton this is a number eight team it's not like they're the number one or one or two yeah um so I think a bit of close game you got the Illini though right I got the unless it's a two three point spread i think it's an easy um illini call this illini team we got to see him play someone because i <laughs> crispin judge after easter crispin said it on the broadcast and i actually agree with him you'll know who these guys are in january once they've had more time you guys yeah. alluded to you know uh meyer not having a lot of time in so far and so it, it could take them some time to get to where they need um to be so you know early season it, it, it it's hard to say all right well we'll leave that there the, the java men we're going to vegas we're going to come home with two dubs well no let me rephrase that we're going to come home with three dubs and that's my transition because that saturday the java men will be at circa we got a cabana reserved and we'll be watching the Illini take down Michigan and Ann Arbor. Last week, we got a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking Michigan Illini spreads. Oh, of course, we jinxed it. That And, and boys, we got to talk about it. The, the wind out of our sails a little bit, but as Joe said in, in the text <laughs> thread, we got we to gotta be realistic of where we're at. And, and we're what are we seven and two right now just totally exceeded our expectations and essentially can clinch the west this week on saturday with purdue i'm going to open up to the group we got to talk a little football before we close this down 
What do you guys think? I, it's last Saturday was tough. I'm not gonna lie. I I had I had sights set for mm-hmm. the Orange Bowl. I, I don't even know what bowl it is, but the CFP, no doubt. And that was oh, a little bit of a gut the, punch. The only thing I'll say is you if you if you have to lose one game between that Michigan State game last week and in this game against Purdue, you've got to win that Purdue game. And so yeah, um, great point. So beat Purdue and everything's good. Yeah, it was a tough watch for sure. Uh, yeah, we will not be going to the college football playoff this year. There's always next year. But, yeah, if you were going to lose a game, it's that one because, yeah, they're not in our division. Uh, we still got Purdue, which you can technically you can't clinch the division against Purdue. Like, some weird things could happen, but, like, I'm pretty sure you have like a 99% chance of winning the division if we beat Purdue. Um, and then we still got Northwestern on tap. So not overly concerned. We can still get to Indy. That's the goal. It's still a huge step forward for Burt's boys. And to be honest, I think it just means that the money line against Michigan is going to be even juicier now. And we will be at the Circus Stadium swim yep. betting it responsibly. And I will, and before you before you hit it, legs. There are they have two losses in Indiana. They were they they dominated the game, and it was I think everyone agrees a, a fluky loss. Um, yep. In Michigan State or versus Michigan State, rather. Again, it was a they were clearly the the better team. They made some mistakes, and it 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 they ended up losing the game, but they. You know, it came down to the last play effectively, and you could tell they were the better team. So, really, in all nine games this year, they've looked like the better team, which is yeah, which is absolutely, I mean, that's that's incredible. So, um, big game against Purdue. Purdue's really struggling right now, but they they do have a talented passing attack. Their quarterback is talented. Um, if they can win that game, it'll it'll be huge, and then and then we can look forward to. Uh, Tan Arbor and, and try to make some noise. Yeah, I, I think what kills me, I, you hit it on the head, Doc. It's just we're seven and two, but we probably should be nine and zero. Oh. I mean, if you look at those games, you're basically you're a punter away almost from being nine and zero. Oh, oh my right? god, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, the, the you could look at the Indiana game. The pun, how many bad punts were in that game, and then this past week, like. Wh- wasn't there a punt where we we had the wind at our? I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the one that he hit the offensive lineman, but there was one where we had the wind at our backs, and I think it went like 30 yards. Yeah, and they, and you remember they had, I think, an all league punter last year in in Hayes yeah. who was was really good punter, and so you remember watching that, and they've had good place kickers for a while, but it's like, um, you lose that, you don't realize how important it is, but they. They can't get good punts off right now. Especially with the defense that we have. You know, I I, I don't want to attack our 29-year-old Aussie, but, you know. <laughs> and it hurt, it hurt yeah. even more because the Michigan State punter, who was yeah. awesome. Uh, He's the best in the country. Be, and Dude. used to be an Illini, too. He was a walk-on at Illinois. No but when way. we signed. Castaway, yeah, cast Shaps. I know. Yeah, he Castaways. I should have had him in there. But yeah, he left when, because I think when that we signed Hayes, he basically yeah. transferred, and now he's one of the best punchers in the country. 
though. Hey, best of luck to him. But <laughs> best of luck. You you shattered our dreams of a CFP. Yeah, but unfortunately. But still... I think it'll be a wake up call, especially for the defense. I think too. You know, because they didn't look their best, and I think it'll get them refocused. Hopefully, and I saw we just extended uh, Barry Lunny too, the offensive coordinator. They just gave him an extension. Interesting. Um, I don't. I yeah. Maybe I hope they put it into his extension contract that like he has to figure out the goal line offense because <laughs> that finally caught up with us. We've struggled all so year. So tell me who that, so. who is watching the game close enough? I was watching, but a little bit distracted. There were some different guys in there on the secondary. Um, number twenty. I, I don't. There were some issues. I feel like in the secondary. Was there an injury out there that yeah, changed personnel? Yeah, I think Nicholson. Nicholson got concussed, didn't he? Oh, it was Nicholson out later? That would explain I it. I think Nicholson got hurt, yeah. Because he's, so, he's awesome. Yeah. there was. I think there might have been another one, too, who was banged. You know what killed us, too? And I don't want to go in too much into this game because we could talk for pro- – we could have a separate podcast <laughs> on this. But first play of the game, we get an interception, and then we get stopped on the goal line. You know, like if, so if, we, get in, if we get in on that play or on that drive – the game's over. You're you're not coming back from that, especially in Champaign. It's tough, man. There's yeah. just so many. That there was like you could look at six things in that game. The the fact that I did. and then Tucker almost gave us the game. They like they they passed on third down. We got the ball back. That was insane. That would have been the if the Illini scored on that last drive. Mel Tucker should have been fired after the game because I, I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, that 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 was unbelievable. But I mean, like I said, it's good. They were clearly the better team. Um, Yeah. That receiver on Michigan State is really good. Number one, he's from Naperville. He's good. Really good good receiver out of Naperville. Um, And he burned us, and I think it was personnel in part to blame with with the Nicholson injury, it sounds like, on that And and they went right after the the kid who came in, who names escaping me. Yeah, we played basically our worst game. And uh, and we are still in it, you know. We are still driving yeah. down one possession. Um, I, yeah, I really don't like Mel Tucker. I've decided. Uh, How the, could the, you? the fake injuries thing was oh, absolutely ridiculous. Thing. The changing. I mean, this was more on the refs, but the the accepting, the declining of the penalty, and then the accepting of the penalty afterwards was absolutely insane. Too so. Yeah, a lot of just really weird things happened in that game, and the Illini were still in it. So I just, I think it shows that, you know, this team is going to fight, and when you can run the ball and play defense, you're going to be in a lot of games, even when you don't play your best. Um, But yeah, let's hope that's just a little blip in the road, for sure. Yeah, well, and, and Mel, Mel Tucker's not going anywhere. He's got his... New ten-year deal yeah. coming off a nine-and-one season. They, <laughs> I mean, they're gonna regret that one. I don't know how you don't. What about a five-year deal? They gave him a ten-year deal, ninety-five million, um, and allegedly it's it's fully paid for by a, um, by an individual booster at at Michigan State, which I think explains it. But I couldn't believe that contract. Well, we'll see where that contract stands in a couple years. I kind of like it. That, yeah, for us. For well, we'll see what kind of deal Bert gets at the end of this year. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we're setting the stage, gentlemen. Saturday, 
for the Big Ten West. Uh, I, Shaps, I know you you said some things could happen, but I, I think that's for the championship. Yeah, ultimately. virtually lock it up. Yeah, And I, I have all the faith in the world and our boys. We're going to win that game. We're going to go to Indianapolis. The, the Java men are going back to Lucas Oil. You could count on it. <laughs> Mr. P engagement party, the Java men. I don't know. I, I think we got to go to the engagement party. A couple may break away for the game. We'll see. Could potentially be a once in a lifetime. Although we got Bert, and Bert's going to keep this rolling. We got a we got a big week ahead of us for the Illini. We're going to take care of business. UMKC on Friday, Monmouth as a as a tune up, and then gentlemen, we're in the Vegas suite. We're in literal Vegas suite maybe we'll do a recording next week we got to get it planned we might do one before or we might do one live there so make sure you guys stay tuned for that I'm looking forward to it boys great job tonight we got Stumpy and Shafts for their first episode it was awesome we got the doc returning the suds returning next week we'll get some new blood we got to get Jubes we got to get Etch who else hasn't done it yet? We got Paulie B from Mexico. And then I think... Yeah, our Mexico correspondent. Is that everybody, I think? That will be all the Java men. We'll make sure everybody uh, <laughs> gets the get their opinion in on the, on the Java men pod. Thanks for listening. We're going to catch you guys next week. See ya. Yeah, it's time to walk the plank.